Okay, we missed uh, we missed a few parashiyot. The book of Bamidbar, the book of Bamidbar is divided into two, as the Nitziv points out. And each of the two parts of Bamidbar begin with the counting of B'nai Yisrael. The first part is the parasha of Bamidbar and Nasa, the parashiyot of Bamidbar and Nasa, the first two parashiyot. The second part is the end, at the end of the parasha of Pinchas, where B'nai Yisrael are counted again. Where B'nai Yisrael are counted again. So in between these two uh, important events, uh, comes the stories of B'nai Yisrael in the desert. The parasha of Bamidbar Noso Bahalotcha, Bamidbar Noso Abad County, the first county. Bahalotcha is a, a very varying accounts, Bahalosov, and then Shlach. Shlach is the parsha that reverses Jewish history. On the one hand, they're on their way to Eretz Yisrael, and suddenly they're not on their way to Eretz Yisrael. That's the parsha of Shlach. The parshas of Korach, Chukas, Bolok are the parshas of the things that happened during the 38 years that the Jews traveled around in the desert. <coughs> 38 years. It was, Shlach took place of the second year, and Sachakol in the desert, they were there 40 years. So they traveled around for 38 years. For 38 years, and the parshiyot of Korach, Chukat, and Bolok, and Pilchas are the parshiyot that tell us things that happened to Am Yisrael during that time that they were being punished and waiting sort of for everybody to die, everybody who left, left Mitzrayim. Now this, uh, uh, then, if you realize this, that the events that took place for example, Korach, an attack on the authority, on the civil authority of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. Chukas, right, an attack on, uh, uh, on Moshe Rabbeinu's relationship to God. Does Moshe Rabbeinu have it or not? Bolok is an attempt to... Uh, overwhelm B'nai Yisrael with foreign uh, powers. So all of these things, all of these three things, Korah, Chukas, Polo, are things that happen naturally in history to most peoples. But they happen to B'nai Yisrael in preparation, in preparation for Eretz Yisrael. In other words, going to Eretz Yisrael was not going to be easy or obvious. 
but it would contain probably it would probably contain Korach, Chukas, Bolok. It would probably contain all of these all of these elements. If you look at the first Psukim in the parasha, so this is uh, this this pasuk says we're in a new situation. We're about to go into Eretz Yisrael. Finally, after all of these years, right? So it's like we're close to the end of the thirty-eight years of the sojourn in. Uh, in, in uh, um, the Midbar in the desert. So there was somebody named Balak, and he saw at Kolashar Asai Yisrael Emori. Emori is either a generic name, like all the nations of outside of Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Canaan, and outside of Eretz Canaan are called Emori, but in Eretz Yisrael there was one group that was called that was called Emori. Balak ben Sipor, Rashi, says, Amar Elushne Mulachim, Shayinu Bituchim Alehem, Lo Amdu Bifnehem, Anu Alachat Kama Bakama, Lefikach Vayagar Moab, the next Pasuk. Vayagar Moab, they were afraid. Bibnei Ha'am Ma'od Ki Rav Hu, that's B'nei Yisrael, Vayakatz Mo'ab B'nei Yisrael. Vayakatz Mo'ab. Right, they, Rashi says, Katsu B'chayihem, they came, they felt that this was the end, that their lives, that they would not be able to stand up against, stand up against uh, uh, B'nei Yisrael. Stand up against B'nei Yisrael. Pasuk Dalit, Vayomer Mo'ab al Ziknei Midyan. Vayomer Mo'ab al Ziknei Midyan. This is the first, firstly you say, Vayagor Mo'ab. What is anything about Midyan? So Vayomer Mo'ab al Ziknei Midyan. Ata, Yilachachu akahal et kol suivotainu, kilchok hashor, et yerek asadeh. Ubalak ben Sipor Melech Moab Vaitahi. So the the people of Moab, Vayome Moab, El Ziknei Midyan. They tried to get the Midianites uh, involved. This is important to know for the end of the story. The end of the story is in the parasha of Pilchas, so we won't be able to get there. I uh, won't be able to get there today. So again, Pasuk Dalit. The Moabites, Moab, said to the elders of Midian, They will destroy us. They will trample us. They will trample everything in that we own. Similar to the ox that runs around in a field and doesn't take note of the Yerekasadeh, of the vegetables. So we have now the players. We have Balak Ben Sipor, 
we have Moab Ziknei. Uh, we have Moab, and we have Ziknei Midian. Right, Balak Ben Sipor, Ziknei Midian, and Moab. Those are the players in the story. And they're getting ready to do battle against Bnei Yisrael, because they're afraid that Bnei Yisrael will do them in. There's no reason for us not to believe what the Torah is telling us. Pasuk hey, Vayishlach malachim el bil'am ben ba'or petorah, Asher ala naharetz b'nei amolik rolo lemor, hinei am yatsa mi mitzrayim, hinei kisa atein haaretz u yoshev mimuli. Pasuk hei, vayishlach, singular, malachim, emissaries, right, emissaries, el bil'am ben ba'or, el bil'am ben ba'or, petora, to a place named petor, asher ala nahar, that's a kind of designation. Which petor? The one that's on the river. Eretz b'nei amolikro lolemor, right? The, the land of our people. Hinei am yatsav sent out this message. There's a people that left Mitzrayim, that's us, the Jewish people. Hinei kisad ein ha'aretz hu. He covered up the eye of the, of the land, of the... Of of the land, who you shave me pumimuli? Who you shave me muli? Rashi, Rashi pasuk dalit, elzik name midyan. You see the Rashi. Alomi olama yusonim zezeshneemar. The Midianites. And the Moabites never got along, Rashi says. That they, but they did battle. The Midianites beat down the Moabites in war. Because they were, had, they were afraid of B'nai Yisrael, they, they did peace, they had peace. And how come Moab was willing to accept a suggestion from Midian? Since they saw that Bnei Yisrael were winning, were victorious, even though they were small in numbers and they were not organized and they didn't have a, a real army, or maybe they did have a real army. Uh, Let's find out what it is that gives them this power. Amrulo, that Bnei Yisrael, the power that Bnei Yisrael had, the strength that they had, Amru, Af Anu, Navo Alehem, 
באדם שכוחו בפיו. So what Rashi is trying to explain to us is why the Midianites and the Moabites, Midian and Moab, why they skip the opportunity to do battle. Why did they skip the opportunity to do battle with, the, with B'nai Israel, and instead did something very unreasonable, very unlikely, very un, un, uh, unsure. They decided to use prophecy against B'nai Yisrael. The name of the prophet, as we'll see, was Bil'am ben Ba'or. And there was a decision that was made, interestingly, a decision made by Midian and Moab, that they could only fight fire with fire, fight prophecy with prophecy, fight the power of the mouth of, of speech with the power of speech. This is an idea. This is an idea which I think uh, 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 deserves some scrutiny, but it's certainly not obvious. It's not an obvious idea that if you, if you could discover where the strength of the other people comes from, you could also discover how to overwhelm them. Furthermore, furthermore, it's, a, it's an interesting point that B'nai Yisrael had to live with. It was B'nai Yisrael lived with Moshe Rabbeinu. And their assumption was, I mean, even though that assumption has become in the parish of Chukat, the parish was chipped away at that the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu, which reached its height at Matan Torah, maintained itself and continued to protect B'nai Yisrael, that as long as they were with Moshe Rabbeinu, they would be protected. They would be protected. What happened was, what happened was in this parish of the parish of Balak, what happened in the parish of Balak was that Balak ben Sipor, Zikney Midian, and Moab, they called that assumption into question. And they said, they said, if we use prophecy against B'nai Yisrael, then we're going to emerge victorious. Because the prophecy that Moshe Rabbeinu had after Matan Torah was limited. It was limited and Bilam would be able to overwhelm the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu with a prophecy of his own. Now we know that that didn't happen. But somehow HaKadosh Baruch Hu stopped that. But there's that, like there's a side story. The story of Bilam and God. The relationship of Bilam and God. But if you read the story of Bilam and God, you have to admit, you have to admit that Bilam had something. He was not simply uh, <coughs> someone with a, uh, a strange idea. 
like I'm a prophet. No, anybody can say I'm a prophet, but that doesn't make you a prophet. But Bilam managed to prove to everybody that he did have this power of prophecy. Now, Bilam, as you know, Bilam was, he, he was removed, or he had removed his power of prophecy. He tried to speak against B'nai Yisrael, but he was not able to. He was not able to know whether that proves, whether that proves that there's no chance of Ziknei Midian and Bilam and Moab, there's no chance of them ever emerging victorious. I mean, that's obviously not true because the end of the story was that Bilam advised advised Moab and uh, Midian to send women, harlots, to convince the Jews to be involved in idolatry, which would then kind of tear them asunder from their connection to God through Moshe Rabbeinu. So that, in fact, in fact, uh, Bilam succeeded. In fact, he didn't succeed in the manner which he had planned to succeed. But he did succeed in destroying the fabric of the, uh, the fabric of the Jewish people. And if you assume that all the things that happened in the parasha of Balak, if you assume that all the things that happened in the parish of Balak are uh, understood as part of the future and not just as part of the past, something that happened, but that this danger existed, a, a, a community that lived under the aegis of prophecy. That community was always in danger of a new prophecy of new prophets coming in. That's why the Torah answered my accepting prophecy. As the Torah said, the Torah said, stay away from prophecy. And if somebody comes and tells you he's a prophet, <coughs> make sure that he does miracles, at least two miracles, <coughs> not just one, but two miracles. And that, that is how uh, uh, we have to deal with it. I mean, it's important to remember, it's important to remember that the Torah is a reflection of, of Bullock, a reflection of Bullock and Bilam. The Torah doesn't want me to get involved in, uh, in a prophetic, uh, uh, in a prophetic agent. Doesn't want me to, well, the Torah is willing <coughs> to accept prophecy if it's in accord with the Torah, if it does what the Torah says it should do. But the Torah is not willing to allow me to uh, uh, enjoy the, uh, the results of prophecy. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine that prophecy could, uh, could do that. I would like to make a, a side point, if I may.
that has to do with the origins of Moab and Midian. I'm sorry, it's not, it's not on the sheet. I guess it's my fault. It's not on the sheet. I didn't ask for it to put it on the sheet. Imbre sheet, imbre sheet, Peric. But I guess you, you all know it by heart. Perikaf A, the first six psukim. By Yosef Abraham, by Ikach Isha Ushmak Tura. That's what the, it says at the end of Chai Sara. By Yosef Abraham, Abraham, furthermore, beyond that, he took another wife, Ushmak Tura. Rashi says Tura means, it's like when the word Ketoret something that smells sweetly. So she was a, a good person. She Keturah. Rashi also says that Keturah is Hagar. Is Hagar. We remember that Hagar was, Hagar was the mother of Yishmael, whose father was, of course, Avram Avinu. So by, by Yosef Abraham, furthermore, it seems like from the Torah's, from the Posuk, that this happened afterwards, after Yitzchak, after Akedis Yitzchak. But okay. But Heled Lo Et, and then there's a list of children that she, Keturah, had Zimran, Yakshan, Midan, and Midian. So it turns out that Midian was a son of Avram Avinu. The mother was Keturah. The mother was Keturah. Again, Midian was, Midian was the uh, son of Avram Avinu, and the mother was Keturah. V'yakshan yaladet shivavet edan, Okay, this is a difficult pasuk, but it doesn't matter to us. They're just lists of names of people who were born. And the children of Midian, So the Torah sort of makes a detour, and for some reason, tells us the children of Keturah. And they all have strange names. Because generally speaking, if you go to a, a Brit Milah in the last 2,000 years, none of these names are very popular. You know, somehow Keturah was not seen as being, you know, an exemplary mother. But you, but you had all these names, right? You had all these children, amongst them, Midian. Amongst them, Midian. Then the Pasuk says, Pasuk says, Pasuk hey, Vayitain Avraham et kol Yitzchak. And Avraham wanted to make sure that it was clear that his real inheritor was Yitzchak not one of these other children that were born to him through, uh, through uh, Keturah. 
So Abraham gave at kol asher lo, at kol asher lo, everything he had. He gave it to Yitzchak. Ulevnei apilak shem, and to the children of the concubines, I guess there were others, not just Keturah. Asher Lavraham, the children of the concubines of Abraham, Natan Abraham Matanot. He bought them off. He gave them stuff. Gave them stuff. And whilst Yitzchak was still young, he sent them all away. All these children of the Pilakshim, right? He sent them all the way, he gave them Matanot. So of course the question is, the previous Pasuk says, He gave everything to Yitzchak. And then, Natan Abraham Matanot. I mean to say, he gave everything to Yitzchak, and then he gave Matanot, presents to all the other children. So Rashi says, Vaitain Abraham, Amara bin Nechemia, He gave him the blessing of, uh, of a Brit, of a covenant, the blessing that went with the covenant. Right? She'amar lo ha-kodesh bochu l'Avraham When, in the beginning of Lech Lecho, Hashem says to Hashem says to Moshe Rabbe, to uh, to Avram Avinu, Ve'yebracha. Like, what does Ve'yebracha mean? Ve'yebracha, abrachot misurot becha levarech et mi shetirzeh. This is a special inheritance that Avraham received from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that he had the power of bracha. And the power of bracha is what he gave to Yitzchak. So when the Pesach says, et kol asher lo Yitzchak, it doesn't mean all his stuff. He meant he gave him something that he had that was special. And what he had that was special, what he had that was special was <coughs> this power of bracha, this power of bracha. The Barechet Mishetirtzeh. The Avraham, Rashi, I'm reading Rashi, Misaran li Yitzchak. And this is what Avraham gave to Yitzchak. So, in, in, in other words, in other, in other words, the difference between Yitzchak and the other children, the children of the concubines, was that there was something special that Avram Avinu had and that that something special was not passed on to the other children. Right? That something special remained in the purview of of uh, <coughs> of, uh, uh, of Yitzchak. So that, that in fact the, the children of Avram Avinu were rejected because all they received was stuff. 
and stuff was not what they were looking for. They wanted to be like their father. And so the Pasuk says, no, you can't be like your father. The only one who can be like his father is Yitzchak. That's what the Pasuk says. I'm not doing anything too, too radical. I'm just reading, I'm just reading the words. Now, there's another, there's another group of psukim, which you remember certainly. This one's You remember the story of Lot? Remember the story of Lot? But do you remember who Lot was? Lot was the one who couldn't get along with Abraham Avinu. Couldn't get along with him. So they had an amicable division of place. Abraham Avinu, Abraham Avinu said to Lot, you go there, I'll go here. You choose. Take whatever you want. Take the best that there is. Right? And then Lot uh, uh, lived in, where he lived in Sodom, and then there was this crisis. The, the, the place was destroyed. And Lot and his two daughters found themselves, Lot and his two daughters found themselves uh, alone. Found themselves alone. So the Pasuk says something, something curious. Here it's in Perikutes, Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Vaya Alamed, Vaya Lot Mit Soar. Lot went up from the place called Soar. Vayeshe Bahar, Ushnei Ben Otabimoy had his two daughters with him. Ki Yarei Lashevet Bit Soar. So Lot became a recluse. He was alone. He thought that the whole world had been destroyed. Right? And, and uh, so the older one said to the younger one, Avinu Zakein, our father is old, and there's no one who's going to sleep with us. Kider kol ha'aretz, which is the normal way of existence. Lecha nashket avinu yain. Let's get him drunk, our father. Vinishkevaimo, and we will lie with him. Unichayem avinu zora, and that's how we will become pregnant and have children. But hashkena et avim yain balaylahu, and they they did that. They got him drunk. And the older one came first, and she slept with her father. And he didn't know what was going on. He looked, was drunk. And the next day, the older one said to the younger one, 
And Shachapti Emeshitabi, last yesterday I slept with my father. Nashkenu Yayin Gamalayla Boshikbimom Nechayema Abinu Zara. So you should do the same and then we'll have we'll have uh, progeny. But Tashkenu Gamalayla Hu etabihem Yayin Batokabatsira Batishkabimo she also had uh, they both became pregnant both of these women became pregnant and the older one the one who was pregnant first she had a child believe it or not So, in, in other words, Moab was the child of, was the child of Lot. Lot was the one who broke away from Avram Avinu. Lot was the one who could not bear the honesty, the forthrightness, the, the, the fact that they were, that uh, Avram Avinu uh, acted in a just manner. But all of that was not possible. He couldn't live with that. He couldn't live with that. So you see, you see that Moab, the son of Lot, and Midian, right, the son of the son of Avram Avinu, are both kind of descendants of an opposition to Avram Avinu. They're the ones who could not who could not bear the standard that Avram Avinu established, right? He could not bear that standard. Moab, Moab because he was the son of Lot. And Lot, even though he started out with Avram Avinu, Lot nevertheless, <coughs> no, Lot nevertheless, could not bear the proximity to Avram Avinu. He had to run away. He had to leave it. So that was Moab. And Midian. Midian was the son of Avram Avinu, but not the son who inherited his father. And what did he inherit? He inherited the Vehei Bracha. That's what was inherited from Avram, according to Rashi. That was the special, what was special. All the rest of the stuff went to the children of the, of the concubines because they were of no, of no concern. I find it interesting, I find it interesting, even though maybe it has geographic uh, 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 truth to it, even though it makes sense that uh, Moab and Midian, that Moab and Midian should kind of 
joined forces against Bnei Yisrael and that they should eventually join forces <coughs> using Bilam's power as a prophet in order perhaps to regain what they had lost, the way they had uh, been excluded. They had been excluded from the world of Avram Avinu, or Lot excluded himself from the world of Avram Avinu. And so that it became important to these two groups, the Midianites and the Moabites, to somehow show that they also had something that Avram Avinu had. That after all, bracha and klala, blessing and cursing, are more or less the same. They depend on a, on a, on a superpower, on something beyond. And that's what, that may be perhaps uh, a good introduction a good introduction to uh, uh, to the Pasha of Balak. Okay. I'm retiring. Yes, you call. Okay. It's a new idea, I think. In spite, in spite of my infirmity, I managed to Cobble up, cobble up a new idea.